He composed it to comfort people like himself who were、mm-hmm. or are or are about to endure suffering and tragedy.、Mm-hmm. And I think mission accomplished. It's been、mm-hmm. comforting people for over 200 years. Hello and welcome to another episode of Him Partial, the podcast where we talk all things church music. I'm Monet Funka. And I'm Cara Devereaux, and today we're talking about the Cooper classic, God Moves in a Mysterious Way. We'll be peeling back the layers of this fantastic song, talking about how things are not always what they seem when we're suffering, and encouraging you with plenty of hope from the good book. All that and more. But first, if you haven't already, head over to himpartial.com and sign up for our free weekly newsletter. This allows us to keep in touch with you when the pesky algorithms of social media decide to up and change. Plus, the weekly newsletter contains all sorts of fun bonus content, including exclusive videos that our subscribers get to see first. In this week's bonus clip, we will be talking about times when we've struggled to see the providence of God in our own trials. But if you're listening to this and you haven't signed up yet, you'll have to wait to gain. That content. Don't miss out next time. Go over to himpartial.com and sign up for our free weekly newsletter today. So, today we're talking about God Moves in a Mysterious Way. It's a well known hymn from our old pal, William Cooper.、Mm. Yep, we really like him.、Um, it's been a <laughs> while actually since we've done one of his hymns. Has it? Okay. It just feels like we're always talking about him, you know? <laughs> It's because he's so great. Yes. But Since we have actually talked about him quite a bit, I'm only going to give you like a Cliff Notes recap of his life、um, for the benefit of some of our newer listeners、mm-hmm. who may not be familiar with him. So he was born in 1731, but lived a very difficult life. His mother died when he was just six years old, and he was later forbidden to marry the girl he loved.、Mm-hmm. He also suffered his whole life with crippling anxiety and depression. And attempted suicide multiple times, including one night not long before his conversion, where he tried and failed four times.、Mm. Um, he, became, he was also institutionalized a couple of times as well because of this.、Mm-hmm. And he became good friends with fellow hymn writer John Newton,、mm-hmm. who really took him under his wing and cared for him. And they, they were really quite close. So, while they were both living in the small village of Olney, which we did an episode on as well,、mm-hmm. they wrote the Olney Hymn Book. So, Cooper wasn't just one of the best hymn writers of his day, he was, and still is, widely regarded as one of the best poets of his time.、Mm. And he was friends with people like Jane Austen and Samuel Coleridge Taylor.、Mm. So, he died in 1800 of what was called dropsy at the time. Um, which was probably an issue with his heart, but we don't really know. But it、mm. was、um, sickness that got him in the end. So, if you're interested in a more detailed discussion of his life, we recommend listening to the episode we did with Reagan King, where we、mm. talked about Cooper's life and his mental illness and how hymns can help believers as they go through intense suffering.、Mm-hmm. We've also done several episodes on other hymns by him, and I'll link all those in the show notes for you so that if you're interested, you can. Um, have a look and hear a bit more about him in depth. So, before we look at the hymn, a fun piece of Cooper family trivia that we haven't mentioned yet. I was really surprised when I found this out. But before Cooper was born, his grandfather was apparently accused and put on trial for killing a Quaker girl who had fallen in love with him. What? So, 
thankfully he was found not guilty. Mm-hmm. He didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the experience was like a bit traumatic for I the bet. whole family. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Yeah, I couldn't find the details, but I was just like, wow, the Coopers are really, drama follows them. <laughs> <laughs> so since we don't have much to say about Cooper himself that we haven't already kind of covered, that frees us up to chat about the hymn more in depth, mm-hmm. which I really want to do because this is an onion hymn. <laughs> it has lots of layers and it might make you cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to steal that. <laughs> yeah. Would you mind actually Monet just reading the lyrics for us? No problem. God moves in a mysterious way, his wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. Deep in unfathomable minds of never failing skill, he treasures up his bright designs and works his sovereign will. Take courage now, you fearful saints, the clouds you so much dread are big with mercy and shall break in blessings on your head. Judge not the Lord by feeble sense, but trust him for his grace. Behind a frowning providence, he hides a smiling face. His purposes will ripen fast, unfolding every hour. The bud may have a bitter taste, but sweet will be the flower. Blind unbelief is sure to err and scan his work in vain. But God is his own interpreter and he will make it plain. That's great stuff. It's so crazy how talented Cooper was at bringing these kind of images uh, to the church. I mean, just reading through that, I was like, dang, this is mad, you know, this is mad skill that he has. <laughs> oh, just you wait, we're gonna, <laughs> gonna talk through some of this mad skill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, before we do, have you ever heard people say, oh, God moves in a mysterious way? Yeah. Yeah. It's usually like when there's something they can't or don't want to explain. Mm-hmm. Um, and you actually even hear it in pop culture. It has its own entry in the Urban Dictionary. And a lot of people think that's from the Bible. Uh, <laughs> but it actually, it's from this hymn, although wow. it's a slight misquote. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. Oh, another piece of fun pop culture trivia for you is that there's a Danish TV series called Rides Upon the Storm mm-hmm. about a family of priests. And mm-hmm. the theme tune is this hymn. Wow. Yeah, I need to go look it up. Um, I don't know whether it's an okay thing to watch or not. I just know that it exists. Yeah. So don't take this as a recommendation. <laughs> yeah. That is cool. Yeah. Um, it's weird as well that these things have come into pop culture when it's a very Christian hymn. Well, I mean, I was talking about, sorry, I won't, I won't derail us. <laughs> one minute of, of derailing. I was talking um, to someone recently about how Christians historically produced all of the pop culture for most of history. You know, uh, the great, um, you know, plays and, and, and pieces of music and, mm. you know, paintings and etc. Most of these people were Christians or had very heavy Christian themes within their, uh, within their pieces. Um, and we've since kind of abandoned that culturally. Um, and so when you talk about pop culture, like, you know, having 
in 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 pop culture this sort of phrase god moves in a mysterious way it would be the same as like these aren't the droids you're looking for or whatever you know like just kind yeah. of like people all everyone knows this phrase because everyone's seen star wars and yeah. um and so it would have been the same for christian art like so many people would have have consumed it whether christian or not because that was the dominating culture yeah i mean we see that as well like more recently the whole thing about oh hashtag blessed you yeah. kind of like do you even understand what that is like, yeah. or, <laughs> or my um, best life yeah. your best life yeah. yeah i saw t-shirts in a shop like just a random high street shop that was like living my best life and yeah. i was like joel Osteen, what have you done yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's interesting how these things bleed in i'm actually reading a book about culture and christianity at the moment i think you're reading it as well and Mm -hmm. it's super interesting on this Mm -hmm. point but we will talk about that another time (laughs) um so back to the hymn (laughs) this uh hymn there's we're not quite sure when it was written it might have been cooper's last hymn we're not sure Mm. um the story is that it was written either just before or just after another of cooper's suicide attempts this time in olney um but there are arguments for and against that. What we do know was that when he wrote it, he was on the brink of a breakdown and he had a sense that it was coming when he mm. wrote the hymn. Mm. Um, he was well aware that he was about to get really depressed and mm. things were going to go bad. But when it appeared in Olney Hymns, it has the really lovely title of A Light Shining Out of Darkness. Yeah. Which I thought was lovely, considering Cooper, of all people, knew darkness. Yeah. Yeah. But whatever the specific circumstances, Cooper's intention in writing this is, like, it's not up for debate. (laughs) Mm. He composed it to comfort people like himself who were Mm -hmm. or are or are about to endure suffering and tragedy. Mm -hmm. And... I think mission accomplished. It's been mm. comforting people for over 200 years. Yeah. Um, so we're going to have a look more in depth at the lyrics today and see what's going on that makes this hymn endure and be so popular when other perfectly good hymns on the same theme haven't endured. Mm-hmm. So in the big picture, there is an overarching structure to this with the six verses falling into three pairs. Mm-hmm. So you've got verse 1 to 2 that talk about the mystery of providence. Mm -hmm. And then verses 3 to 4 give us commands in relation to that providence. So judge not, fear not. Mm -hmm. And then verses 5 to 6 kind of give us reasons why and elaborate on this theme of God as our comfort and God Mm -hmm. being sovereign. So it does have a strong theme of the mystery of God's goodness in providence, despite our hard circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. So beginning with verse one, God moves in a mysterious ways, wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps on the sea and rides upon the storm. Now this comes from multiple places, but Psalm 29 is a really great example of the glory of God and his power over creation. And I recommend reading the whole Psalm for yourself. But Monet, could you read us verses three and four in particular? The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. 
It's beautiful, but it's scary. <laughs> it is. It is. But I love, you know, I think our generation particularly loves big, big picture God um, references in scripture and in sermons mm. and in songs. And to think like, oh, no, Jesus is our homeboy, but also the voice of the Lord is over the waters and the voice of the Lord is powerful. <laughs> yeah, you should read the whole psalm. It's yeah. like God speaks and the cows give birth sort of thing. <laughs> the whole earth shakes. It's very cinematic, that yes. psalm. Yes. Very dramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's more to it than just the sheer power. Mm-hmm. It is a reminder that God not only created these things, but he actually interacts with his creation. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a branch of, of theism, which is like, I believe God exists, but he basically made everything, set it all up, left it running and wandered off somewhere else mm. and has nothing to do with it. And that's not what God is like. And in times of suffering, it's such a comfort to know that God is not a hands-off God. Mm. This picture is a picture of like his utter power and sovereignty. Mm-hmm. But it's also a reminder that God is involved in our world and he cares about us. Yeah. Never failing skill. Yes. That's a great line in that kind of pair of verses. Yes, I really like that. But talking of that verse, Mm -hmm. there's like a double goodness to the mining imagery. Mm. So if like me, you're from a place where mines are kind of generally associated with coal and darkness and like political drama and tragedy and stuff the image of a mine may conjure up pictures of kind of like a deep oppressive darkness and this Mm. element of danger and on one level that imagery can be taken as a reminder that when you feel like you're in deep darkness and unable to see the light god is there with you Mm. but on the other hand this is not a coal mine this is a jewel mine Mm. So the darkness may be deep and you may be far from the light, but this is where the most precious gems are found. Mm. So from out of these depths, God is bringing beauty. And he's not just like chipping about in the dark, hoping to strike lucky. His never failing skill that you were talking about Mm. means he knows exactly what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And his sovereign will means that it will be done. So, yeah. That verse is a gem. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yes so true no that is me... beautiful sorry no it's okay just go with sign <laughs> no I just was gonna say it's so beautiful I'm always impressed by the hymn writer's ability to um to create such beautiful poetry that we get mm. to sing you know I know it's more than poetry but it is poetic um And so that's really beautiful. That's it. Yeah. I mean, it's true. And when we find ourselves in deep darkness, or like David describes in the Psalms, that feeling of being in the pit, we can rest assured that God is with us. And in his providence, there is something precious and priceless to be found in him there, even when we Mm. find it hard to believe that's true. Amen. On a a slightly less sanctified note, every time I see the word unfathomable, I think of Megamind. (laughs) Where he's like, it's unfathomable. Like, well, unfa- like without fathom. <laughs> That's basically how I just read it a minute ago. I was like, unfathomable. <laughs> this is a hard <laughs> word to say. <laughs> unfathomable. That's a that's a tongue t- twister. It means like 
super deep incomprehensibly mm. so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in case you were wondering but it just makes me laugh every time I think it's the wee guy in <laughs> Megamind <laughs> so verse three um Cooper has spent the last two verses showing us the goodness and providence of God and he applies it to our lives now in these verses so this verse says take courage now you fearful saints the clouds you so much dread are big with mercy and shall break in blessings on your head. And one of the things that I really like about this song is that there are several things that you think, oh, that's bad, but they mm. end up being really good. He kind of turns it around on itself. Mm -hmm. So you've got these clouds that look like storm clouds and you're dreading the storm and you're watching it roll in and then they burst and it's not lightning and hail, it's the blessings of God, mm -hmm. which I think is really lovely. And yes. I think... There are things that we're naturally inclined to fear and we kind of like brace ourselves against them, um, but they turn out to be blessings from God. Mm. And in relation to that, would you read us Ezekiel thirty-four twenty-six? And I will make them and, and the places all around my hill a blessing and I will send down the showers in their season. They shall be showers of blessing. Yeah. I love that image of that uh, verse three as well. Um, you know, the clouds you so much read are big with mercy and shall break. That's like a, that's like a really violent imagery to say like, mm -hmm. no, like this thing is going to go and it's going to just pour down blessings on your head. You know, it's such a great, great picture Mm -hmm. And obviously, as we just read in Ezekiel, that's how the Lord um, in in his providence provides for us. That verse in Ezekiel is, is actually, you know, hitting the nail on the head in terms of providence, because in the season when you need rain, you're like, please, Lord, let it rain. Right. Mm -hmm. And and he provides those showers in their season. But obviously that application for us as believers we we don't necessarily know uh, when the season of that shower needs to be, <laughs> but he's still make it happen. <laughs> I think as well, like living in a, a sort of more northern country, mm -hmm. when we think of rain, we kind of think of like drizzle mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. But um, it reminded me of being in Indonesia and watching these huge clouds. They were like purple heavy clouds rolling in over the mountains and just thinking <gasps> and then there was like you get the thunder and it's like the sky's splitting in half and yeah. then it's oh my goodness it's like someone's emptying buckets it's not <laughs> drizzle it's full yeah. soaking fat yeah. raindrops yeah. and yeah that's what god's blessings like <laughs> yeah it's not just a drizzle of blessing it's a, a full monsoon rain of it yes anyway verse four Judge not the Lord by feeble sense, but trust him for his grace. Behind a frowning providence, he hides a smiling face. Hmm. And again, you've got this thing about appearances and reality not necessarily looking the same. Yeah. So it may look to your feeble sense, as Cooper calls it, like God is angry with you. But hmm. in times like that, we've got to remind ourselves of his character hmm. and his track record. He loves his people and he cares for his people and he's not mean and he doesn't make us go through hard things just to be horrible to us. Mm. So 
Monet, would you mind reading Psalm 103, verses 13 to 14? As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him, for he knows our, fr our frame. He remembers that we are dust. I really like those verses. Mm -hmm. I feel like I say that by every Bible verse, though. <laughs> the day you don't say it, we'll have, no, <laughs> yeah. we'll have a chat, Karen. No, um, I'm I'm such a this is this is a a bad quality of mine. But if I'm reading something or watching something, uh, either you know fiction or in the Bible or whatever. I, it just seems to like be reinforced by the world around me. Like, you know, say you're reading through, um, I'm, I'm just going to make some, you're reading through the Beatitudes, right? And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden everything is like, wow, blessed are the pure in heart. Like, you know, you just, mm -hmm. you just keep thinking about it. So last year, early last year, I read The Horse and His Boy by C.S. Lewis and um, is part of the Chronicles of Narnia series, if you are unfamiliar, which I was. I never read those books growing up. And that's by far my best book, my favorite book so far. Um, and there's a scene in it. Um, well, there's several scenes in it where the boy, um, who's the main character in the story, is experiencing some really hard times mm. um and he is uh later he 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 realizes that actually the hard times that he was facing weren't as hard as they could have been he actually had lions chasing him and and was stuck out in the you know in the tombs by himself uh, all of these things that were scary and, and horrible, he actually was being protected from something else mm. that would have been worse off for him. And, and the kind of godlike character in the story basically says, that was me walking alongside you. Um, and so it makes me think of this behind a frowning providence. He hides a smiling face because he, you know, it's revealed to the boy like, no, all of that was me. And he's just smiling there, you know, like all of that trial you went through, that was me making sure it wasn't worse or making sure you got to the next place on time mm. and that you weren't stuck or whatever. And it's just a beautiful picture of fiction. It's obviously fictional um, fantasy story of God's real providence, his real yeah. sovereign hand over our lives and how we just don't know because we're judging the Lord by our feeble sense and not trusting him for his grace. That's literally the song. <laughs> yes. Um, but Horseman's Boy is a decent allegory of that. It's, yes. Um, it's a good one to read. Um, there are a lot of verses actually in the Bible about God's care. Um, mm -hmm. But one of the reasons I picked Psalm 103 was because... Um, because... It's not just that he's a father and that he cares for us. You have that line about him remembering that we're dust. Um, so it reminds us that God knows how fragile we are as humans. And when he puts us through these trials in our lives, we need to remember that he's our father. And he knows that we can't, you know, we're not Superman. 
And to us with our limited understanding and sinful hurting hearts, it's so easy to be tempted to think that God is angry or uncaring or that we've been abandoned, much like the boy in Horse and His Boy. He gets Mm. really quite upset at points about this. And we're the same. But we have to trust him to be the father to us that he says he is Mm. and to give us the grace that he's promised to give us. Amen. So verse five, we're nearly there. (laughs) (laughs) I really like this verse. It says his purposes will ripen fast, unfolding every hour. The bud may have a bitter taste, but sweet will be the flower. And there you are again with the appearances and Mm. the reality. Um, It's a pretty image, but it's also a reminder that we ought to be patient. Mm. Um, It reminds me actually at one time, there's this food that I really like. It's called tempeh and it's, it's, um, well, in essence, it's moldy soybeans, but it's (laughs) better than it sounds. Um, And you have to like, (laughs) you have to fry it first Mm. and plain tempeh. Once you've fried it but not put anything on it, it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. And I was um, frying up this tempeh one time and my brother came in and he was like, what's that? And I told him it's tempeh, but don't eat it yet. And at that time we weren't really getting on. So he ate it just to be annoying. And he basically <laughs> was like, oh, that's disgusting. And he like refused to ever eat it again. But he just waited like 20 minutes for me to make the sauce and mm-hmm. put it in the sauce. It would have been amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I think we can be just a bit like that sometimes. Like, we've got to be patient. And I don't know about you, but I'm not great at this. I'm not great at just waiting and trusting and seeing how things turn out. And so we kind of, we taste the trials in our lives and we hate it because it's horrible. Mm. But if we're patient and let God finish what he's doing in us, Mm -hmm. we'll look back and we will see the sweetness and the goodness of it. Mm And as a reminder of that, Monet, could you turn up Romans 8.25? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Hmm. If only. (laughs) (laughs) It's so easy when they write it down like that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I think you, I think you said it. And what is, what is the flower you know, on a tree or on a, on a, on a bush, um, at least half the time, it is the, it is the precursor to the fruit. You know, mm. it's like when, when something flowers, that's when you get the fruit of that tree or that bush. Um, and it is quite literally sweet depending on the fruit, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but it takes so much time. And I love how the Bible c- continuously brings up kind of agricultural examples. We're so mm-hmm. 21st century city folk. We're like, huh? But, you know, even a small example um, is household plants. You know, yeah. you, you have to be patient. You have to wait. You have to hope that all of your work will result in that. Um, and how much more should we trust in the Lord who doesn't have to hope that his work will flower? Mm-hmm. He knows it will. Um, but that patience is so hard. <laughs> it is, especially when you can't see it. Like I've been watching my orchid for days waiting 
<laughs> waiting. And the buds are really ugly. They're like green with weird purple veins in them. <laughs> but it's finally flowered overnight. Yeah. It just oh, opened nice. up and it's beautiful. And it's that thing of just, yeah, just be patient. Like, yeah. calm down. It's going to get there. Mm. Um, yeah, so finally, the last verse. <laughs> um, Blind unbelief is sure to err and scan his work in vain. God is his own interpreter and he will make it plain. And I feel like this is a backhanded encouragement because he's like, be encouraged, but also stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I mean, I love Cooper's conclusion, which is that there are some things we simply cannot know Mm. and we don't have the full picture and it's not for us to have the full picture, but Mm. God does. And in his time, he'll finish what he's doing and he'll make it clear why these things have happened and what mm. he was doing through them. And we just mm. have to trust him. Yeah. Amen. So, go on. I said amen. <laughs> amen, okay. Um, so yeah, as we wrap up, this hymn really expresses God's goodness and sovereignty and providence um, very strongly in contrast to the misery of this fallen world in our lives mm. here. Mm-hmm. And I think... Cooper's realism about the world that we live in and the things that we suffer keeps the hymn grounded. Mm-hmm. Um, and also knowing about him and, and his life helps as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like, because of this, you know that he's not just being airy-fairy when he says, everything's going to be fine. Mm. Um, because he says, it's not fine right mm. now in the moment. It's yeah. terrible, yeah. but it will be fine. And mm-hmm. God will make it clear in his own time if we trust him. Yes. And this hymn has been described as the greatest hymn on divine providence ever written. And I don't know what you think, but I haven't read widely enough to judge. But I'm <laughs> confident that it's, it's up there. It's up there. It's in the top 10. <laughs> I would Maybe say probably five. top five. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure if it's in the top one, <laughs> but definitely top five. Yes, yeah, definitely top five. So um, as we close out, I hope that's encouraged you. And I hope you start singing this hymn. It's a good one to memorize and to just have with you. Um, But I know that there are plenty of you out there who are struggling with various difficulties in your lives. So we're going to just read to you Romans 8, 28 to 39 to encourage you. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Is it God who, it is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? 
As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. I absolutely love that passage. It is a great passage. The entire chapter um, of Romans 8 is worth memorizing, but... um, I've only gotten to like verse seven. (laughs) (laughs) That's still pretty good. You're fine. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Cara. This is a beautiful, beautiful hymn. Mm. Um, However you were introduced to it, if it was through your church or on Christian radio or through us, I pray that you would continue to sing this song and be encouraged by this song um, because the Lord is really in control. Um, and as we've alluded to, and probably we'll discuss further, um, God's sovereign, sovereign hand and his providence go, go together like bread and butter. They are, they are two sides of the same coin. And we're so thankful that, um, we have hymns like this to remind us of that in such beautiful, beautiful language. So that's it for us this week. If you haven't already, go to himpartial.com and sign up for our free weekly newsletter. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to share this episode and maybe even leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help. But until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Bye. Bye.